I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we got Josh Finn with us. He's the director of the Henry County, Georgia Economic Development Organization. Josh, thank you for being with us. Good morning, Chad. It's good to be with y'all today. Well, I can't believe I got a Falcon fan on my show. I mean, you know, you, you seen you had to wait a year to get on it. So uh, <laughs> now that there may not be football, I figure I might, as well, I might as well get you on here. Well, you know, at least on this podcast, our conversations going to be a lot uh, more PG than our usual conversations about our beloved football rivalry. Well, I think we won the last game, but honestly, y'all beating us down here, and you had a terrible year. Y'all beating us down here cost us a bye and got us out of the playoffs early. But we won the last game, so I got the bragging rights as of now. For now. For now. Yeah, I hate but these things. Jones is healthy, so New Orleans native, and he – he loves y'all's quarterback. <laughs> uh, he does. Well, I hate these Thanksgiving games. I'm glad we're through with that. You're also the first Wayne County native to be on my show. It's a different Wayne County. So I'm from Wayne County, Mississippi. We're the War Eagles. And you're from Wayne County, Georgia, right? Went to high school in Wayne County, Georgia. So um, home of the Yellow Jackets. And uh, for your college football fans that know Georgia lore, that's the famous home of Lindsey Scott. Run, Lindsey, run. Well, we can't talk all football today, but uh, no, we so, <laughs> we so we've been doing we our new we <laughs> we've been doing our new show, folks. Been listening to for about the last month and a half, and Josh has already had two announcements on our new show. So somehow you've won two deals just since we've been doing that, and you've only been in Henry County what a year. So why don't you talk about not some a, of the some of the deals y'all have done and why you're being so successful? Yeah, not even a year yet coming up on it. The thing about Henry County that is served as well is obviously our position located on the south, you know, south metro of uh, Atlanta along the I-75 corridor. And we're really positioned very well because we've got the easiest access to the Port of Savannah, which is the fastest growing port on the East Coast, now one of the four largest ports in the U.S. And there's been tremendous growth. Not only with the port, but also with Metro Atlanta has continued its growth. When I was born in Atlanta, the Metro population was 1 million, now it's 6 million. It just keeps growing. So we're well positioned. We're 20 minutes from Hartsfield Jackson International Airport, the world's busiest airport. Even with all this, they're still the busiest right now. So with air traffic and air cargo, 
you know, we've been very well positioned, but the other thing that's really helped us here recently as we were, you know, going into 2020 and late 19, towards the end of this cycle, our developers well positioned their building products. So whether it's a million square foot clash that they 500,000 square foot or less speculative type product. We even, you know, have assets of land that are entitled infrastructure ready to go. We even have the Metro's only million square foot rail served building that's available and that has drawn a lot of attention. Just this year alone, you mentioned the announcements, uh, you know, Love's Travel Centers is repositioning a retread and retread tire uh, manufacturing and distribution center in the city of Locust Grove, which is on the south end of our county. That was a nice little win that we got. Two weeks ago, we announced Ferrara Chocolates. We literally got that deal done the day before the shelter-in-place order for the state was put in. So we had to wait a few weeks to announce it with the timing. But that was a great win. I know everyone's trying to work off their COVID-10. I'm, I'm the same, but I had to break it and enjoy a Butterfinger <laughs> and a Baby Roof there. And Ferrara makes some great products. And it was a really great value. I had 250 jobs. Uh, went into one of our spec buildings that had been sent for a little while. So we're glad to get that filled. And then, you know, we've got some, you know, we feel good is probably what I can say right now. We do this again, Chad. I feel good that we're going to, you're going to have some more stuff to talk about on your show in the next few weeks. And we're just well positioned. And another great driver about Henry County is our growth patterns. Uh, we're the second fastest growing county in Metro Atlanta. The Atlanta Regional Commission projects us uh, with 70% growth. And the history of Henry County, for those who don't know, Henry County really kind of started out as the ex outer exurb of Metro Atlanta and is now moving into that suburban status. So the northern of our county is much more suburban, but the east, west, and south are still still have that rural feel to it uh, with larger land, you know, land lots, housing, our school systems do well. Um, it's drawn a lot of people here that will come take a job in the Metro Atlanta, not knowing what's in Henry County, you know, deal with the commute, trying to get into the airport and some other places, past the airport into downtown, get tired of the commute, and then they try to find job opportunities that we have here with our established industries. So the food deal you want, is that just distribution or are they doing food processing there? It's distribution uh, right now. And uh, one of the things Henry County obviously is known for is distribution. We've had a lot of wins in the e-commerce sector over the last few years. Home Depot, Wayfair with large campuses here, Tory Birch as well. They have served us very well. And that transportation network has also served our manufacturers very well from a pricing standpoint, as those products are being brought in, imported in, our manufacturers who are looking to export going out of the port of Savannah or to Florida ports, uh, really have got some great pricing power uh, to take advantage of. We've got some great manufacturers, uh, Echo Lab. If you wash your hands with soap at a commercial facility, there's a good chance that soap was made here in McDonough. Lazotica, Chad, I know you like to rock the coasters in the Oakleys. You know, those are made here in Henry County by Lazotica. If you have prescriptions are made here, you know, various other types. You know, we we like to joke that we you know, we always sort of sly with all the names and companies that we do have here in Henry County manufacturing and distribution. And we could probably do about seven or eight slides just with logos with a great basis there. And then another thing that really served us well during this event is our professional service outlets. For over 20 years, uh, Georgia Power has counted on Henry County to be the home of its customer care center, which really was clutch during this time. We've had some storms come through Georgia as well, too, in that response. And then TSIS, now part of Global Payments. So a lot of people are doing e-commerce transactions or you know, using their credit card, those transactions. 
are being processed here in Henry County at a TESIS facility. So just a lot of great stories to tell as we went through this event and our strength, you know, we held. We only had one real major layoff that was tied to automotive distribution to the dealerships uh, processing center. That was it. Otherwise, we're pretty much back in most of our established industries right now as of mid-June or 80% capacity or, or better. Well, you know, we were talking offline before we started. I told Josh, I, I walked to the grocery store in New Orleans yesterday, and it's like a ghost town, and we're recording this June 16th, so things are supposed to have been back open a month now. It's still like a ghost town. There's no tourists here. There's no, a lot of the business people are working from home, and so I think it's going to push a lot of projects to the suburbs. I think you know, more and more professional service people, you know, are going to work from home now because they've seen they can and, and, and that might drive some of those office leases in downtown Atlanta. Folks might be just as well in communities like yours. Yeah, and that's, it's going to be interesting, you know, on that front. We were starting to see some of the corporate headquarters in Metro Atlanta start to set up satellite facilities where, you know, some population bases commuting in where, where they can work from home or have a place closer um, that shared space. So they were kind of setting up their own WeWorks, if you will, in the Metro and there's some test cases on that. So we're watching that very closely because we do have a lot of them, a lot of folks who 52% of our workforce leaves the county every day to go into uh, downtown Atlanta. So we think there's going to be some opportunities there for our professional services. And the other thing that really helps us, you know, I mentioned the Georgia Power Customer uh, Service Center. We're also home to the FAA Southeast Air Traffic Control Center in Hampton. And that really, that telecommunication infrastructure is very strong in our commercial corridors to give those facilities redundancy. And we're looking to take advantage of that. So how long does it take you to get from your house to your tailgating spot by the Mercedes-Benz Stadium every Sunday morning? Oh, it's, it's not too bad as long as the who that's don't, you know, come up from Louisiana and the Gulf and, you know, forget how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, we enjoy it. We always have fun. You know, it's not a bad drive. It takes about, you know, 25 to 30 minutes to get to Mercedes-Benz Stadium or State Farm, anywhere you want to be in Metro Atlanta. Our uh, Department of Transportation has done a very good job of working on the congestion issues, getting in and out of the city. We got a new interchange on I-75. That's about the break ground. Uh, the state of Georgia is adding two new commercial-only truck lanes between Macon and McDonough on the 75 corridor. The northbound ones will be open first, uh, then the development is southbound. So that's to help the freight coming from the Port of Savannah into the metro. And we also got the Peach Pass commuter lanes, uh, reversible lanes that have helped the commute patterns as well. Henry County right now, uh, Georgia has 159 counties. You can probably spend, you know, Chad, you and I can probably spend a half an hour going over the history of that. And while we have 159 counties, we're second only to Texas in the number of counties. But we have the most GDOT projects going on in any county in the state. And that's really impressive for our community, considering you got counties like Fulton, which is Atlanta. You got Savannah and Chatham with the port and all the infrastructure there. We lead in the GDOT projects right now. Wow, I like the fact you got all those counties. It's more counties needs an economic developer we can, we can hunt for one of these days. So that's all right. <laughs> that's all right with me. Josh starts tailgating about seven in the morning, according to his Facebook. So, so Yeah, we, well, I got to get a spot early. And we set up, we always have a good time. And uh, every time the ain'ts come into town, we we have some of our ain'ts friends over. So Chad, I know you and I, we keep talking about it. And every time we commit to do it one of the games is either christmas weekend or thanksgiving night and we can't pull it off but 
one of those years that Facebook post between us uh, showing us both at each game is going to be interesting. That's that's right. I only been to one game there when the Saints played, and we won in overtime that day. Your coach went for it from fourth and one from his own, like twenty, and we stopped him and kicked the field goal. <laughs> now, uh, as we think about your career, you also did this in rural communities. What's the farthest you were from Atlanta? Because you kept your tickets, and I remember you drive up there for every game. How far away were you when you were down near Savannah? Yeah, actually, even you know longer than that. I've been a, a ticket holder since 2000. Uh, oh gosh, 2002. I was down in Waycross, which is about a four-hour drive to the Georgia Dome back then. And Everbank Field, the home of the Jaguars, was only about an hour and 15 minutes from downtown Waycross. It's a loyalty that's there. They're my team. I went to a college that didn't have football until about 12 years ago. So it really, just kind of evolved from growing up in a Florida State house and not having that connection like my mom had to Florida State, moving on over to a pro team from the city that I was born in. Thank you, Josh. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners and be right back with a lot more with Josh Finn right after this. I want to thank Location One. Some folks know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. Location One has, in my opinion, the best buildings and sites database in the economic development industry. And now that coronavirus is hit and, and everything's been disrupted, I've been thinking a lot about if I were an economic developer still, what would I do during this time? And I know without question. I would transition to Lois and get my buildings and sites as updated as I possibly could so that when we come out of this economic downturn, we're ready to go. Let me tell you why I like Lois. Uh, It is the most responsive, mobile-friendly buildings and sites database I have found. It's easy to use. It's just as easy to use on an iPad or iPhone as it is a computer. I was browsing around last week uh, on a a state economic development building and site database, and the thing, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work properly. You had to be an engineer to figure it out. It was too much. It had this circle you could draw to look at buildings. The circle wouldn't work. When I backed out, it forgot what square footage I was looking for. None of that happens with Lois. This is the best buildings and sites database I have found. I've looked far and wide. It is the most easy to use from a site selection standpoint on any platform. I'm told it's just as easy to use for economic developers, that it really walks you through inserting your information and putting it in so that prospects can use it. So I really encourage you to take a look at location1.com. Use this time while we're down to update your buildings and sites. Transition them to location one. You'll be really happy you did. Well, I kept my Saints tickets when I was all the way in Paducah, Kentucky, nine hours away. So I don't yeah. come to two or three games a year, but I kept my tickets. So. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a little, it was a little easier. But luckily, you know, going to Atlanta, too, if I had to do some meetings at the State or something like that, my board was pretty good about letting me schedule that and take that Monday to do that if I need to you know, go see D.C. or something like that. Well, talk about what you've learned considering you've done this in both rural areas and now suburban areas, you know, micropolitan areas. Talk about what advice you might give others who uh, who are in similar situations. Yeah, rural's still very near and dear to me. And you know, Chaz, you know, one of my, my favorite things to do when I've got some downtime is to get in the car and just drive and drive, you know, places all over there. And I've, a few years ago, I finally completed a personal mission just to you know, go visit all 159 counties in the state of Georgia. There's some things that still bother me when I see there and just the lack of economic growth. You know, one of the things that served me well, I worked in a rural community in central Georgia, Dodge County. So I'm also the only person probably in podcasts that got the heck out of Dodge. Uh, 
<laughs> Polk County chairman told me I can say that. The thing that served me well in rural was just not sitting around waiting. You have to get out. You have to knock on doors. You're going to get told no a lot. You're going to get told, you know, oh, good gosh, that's two and a half hours away from the metro market where the deals are happening. But, you know, you keep knocking. You keep putting that message out there. Eventually, something's going to hit or something that says, hey, I want to take a look at that. He keeps coming by. Let's give him a shot. He's got a spec building. He's got a site that's entitled. It may be a good deal for this company. They got a workforce. It's a little bit of a stretch, but we can, let's see if it works. Let's give them a shot. And once you get that shot, you just got to, you got to do well. And if you get it, just keep going and just keep repeating that, repeating that. You know, that's the best thing that you can do. I still do that to this day. You know, we've got great partners, the state utilities. We make sure they know what our, you know, what our projects are with our developments and what's going on, et cetera. But we, we do our own marketing as well, too. And we shake hands and we let folks and influencers know what our advantages are, you know, because the more you can get your message out there, the wider your net is and something's going to, you know, come in. What really drives you at the local level? So I know uh, you also worked for a while for an engineering firm doing business development for them and it made your way back to a local economic development shop. So what is it that I know you thoroughly enjoy and have a passion for? What is it that's in you that just makes you enjoy doing local economic development? I'll share a story. We got a new project manager on our team. I say new. He's been with us for a few months. We're kind of talking about, you know, coming on the local side and where you can you get to get to see the impact. I remember a time we did a deal. It was actually on the rural communities I worked in. They had a job fair on a Saturday morning just to see who really wanted it, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I made a point, got up myself, and you know went over there and uh, took the HR team donuts and coffee, you know, just as a thank you and. I was literally, you know, sitting there um, waiting to go in and see him there doing an interview and to drop things off. And little kid dropped his toy, picked it up, gave it to him, started a conversation with his parent who was in line with him as a single parent who's working out of Walmart. And I was like, okay, well, why are you here today? They've got Fortune 500 benefits. You know, kind of talking about that. You know, fast forward a few months later, you know, I'm on a plant tour with that group and I, I see that parent there. You know, whatever I do, whatever my team does that's out there, it's already achieved. I've helped a family. I've helped a kid, you know, have a better opportunity. There are people that help me, you know, get better opportunities growing up in a single parent household most of those years in rural Georgia. Just that drive and that passion, you know, I, I thought I was satisfied, you know, when I went to the private sector and it allowed me to do some things personally I wanted to do that I just haven't had the time to do in life and I've been very grateful for those opportunities with my my young family and I say young uh, two teenage stepdaughters one just graduated so <laughs> we're working towards empty nesting you see those I, I never want to know who I just want to know that some kid has got a better pathway out there just because of the opportunity that the team I work with got to the community you know the American dream still out there I don't care what anyone says. It's still there if you want it. You just got to work for it. And kind of it's a way of me just paying back those who helped me get ahead to where I was. Because statistically, where I should have been, probably I shouldn't be where I am. Some people stepped up, either as my family or friends of the family or just teachers or individuals throughout. And it's just that it's that call to service uh, that's out there, making that positive impact. And 
you know, local work, sometimes it can be frustrating. There's no doubt about that. It's not as easy as being a statewide or being on the consultant side. You know, it's out there, but you really do get to see the impact of your work every day. How'd you first get exposed to economic development or how'd you get into it? Yeah, it, that's a funny story. I was actually a um, political science major at LaGrange College, uh, Georgia's oldest private college or university, go Panthers. I wanted to be a county or city manager. It was the pathway I was looking at. Went down, went back to Southeast Georgia to do my internship. Uh, luckily, a buddy of mine I grew up with, his dad was in a neighboring county, a county manager. They moved over there. He's county manager in Wayne County for a little while. Called him up, said, hey, this is one thing about doing is what you're doing. Uh, looking for an internship. You know anyone close to the campus? He's like, you know, your grandmother's still at home. Why don't you come down here and intern for me? Save some money. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And I got into that. And then um, I did my internship my junior year. I just needed a break from school, but I wanted to you know, keep moving forward in my progression. When I got out, their downtown development authority position was open. They called me and just said, hey, I know you're looking. You know, once you apply here, you know, you already know us. It'd be a good starting point for you. Help you build up if you want to get into, you know, being a kind of a department level head and work your way up to assistant or assistant manager type status and whatnot. And then I just discovered economic development through that position, uh, doing downtown development. And that was one of the purest forms of economic development as a downtown developer. And those folks are very underappreciated. They're not paid well. That's why I moved into the countywide, community-wide type of positions. But it really just opened my eyes to the industry. And I've never met very few who have trained to be an economic developer going through school. We have, Chad, you and I have been very active in SEDC YP during our our years coming up in the game. And, you know, all the friendships we made and people we've networked with, I I can't think of anybody who really, you you kind of fall into it. We had some pathways that were – you know, kind of parallel to it, but we really all fell into it. And talk about the SEDC YPs. We're, we're neither one young enough anymore to do it, but uh, I oh, think gosh. we were in the, <laughs> at least I'm not, I can't speak for you, but uh, we were in the, we were in the first. I was the first one of our group to get kicked out. <laughs> oh, so you were the oldest one of them. <laughs> I'm still the oldest one of our, our, uh, our little crew. So that's great here. I still remember that New Year's Eve where you talk about how bad you hate the Saints, but you flew to New Orleans when you had to get a few extra miles on your Southwest card to, to have lunch with uh, uh, Deanna and some of them. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Deanna and Rachel. And those big <laughs> And um, I had to get that last flight in. I think you were tied up with something. We're trying to get you out. Yeah, uh, that's usually day four sugar bowl. I usually have people down here. Don't know yeah. if we will this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. Advil COVID-19 may come out tomorrow, and, you know, we're, we got yeah. a football season. But that program, and kudos to the leader the leadership in SEDC years ago, you know, saw some vision. And it was really important to me because, you know, Georgia, you know, GBA is a great organization, has done a great job. As far as developing the younger professionals, Georgia was a little bit behind. And when I saw the SEDC YPs coming, I was like, I've got to jump on this to get some more exposure, to get, you know, to broaden my vision of what can be done in economic development. And that, I'll, I'll never, I still remember, I was thinking about driving to the office this morning that first event in Greenville, you, me, Deanna, Rachel, Laura, I think Daniel Webb was there too, and a few others, you know, talking economic development in Greenville till about 2 a.m. You know, what our experiences were, what we were seeing, what we, you know, where we could get better, you know, some valid debates about different things in our industry that we really had to think about being younger. 
So, you know, if there's anybody who is younger in the industry, you know, SEDC or your state organization has that YP program, you know, take advantage of it. It's not just a social hour. It's the network that you build. But it's also a network to give you great opportunities to get that outsider's edge of just the neighborhood thinking. You know, one of the things I was always taught that, you know, the world doesn't end at the city limit. It doesn't end at the county line. It doesn't end at the state line or the national border. You know, you've got to get your vision and your thinking very broad. So take advantage of those connections that you can make through the regional national organizations if you have those opportunities. Well, and I think that's good advice. Just when we started Next Move Group, we had a base because we knew a lot of economic developers in all the other states. And still to this day, I'll go back to Mississippi or Alabama where I got my start and, and I'll talk to people there who kind of know everybody in that state. And then I'll say, you know, this person in Georgia or Florida, which is just the next state over. So you just figure everybody knows them and they won't know them because they've only really gotten, they've just gotten to know everybody in their particular state. So it's always helped me because, you know, when, when, we're, when we're competing for business or needing to know something, I mean, it's good to have a base of people. I think SEDC 17 states, of course, IADC is the whole country, but it's good mm-hmm. to have friends you can call to, uh, to ask them, hey, well, you know, what do you think about this? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Josh, anything that uh, you'd like to share with our audience I hadn't asked you about? I think, you know, we're all going through some interesting times right now. I've I've got a whiteboard in my office and I usually change out the quote uh, every few weeks, but I've I've kept it on there. You know, once we started seeing the first cases of COVID coming into Georgia, I remember something um, an old state labor commissioner told me years ago, and uh, it was stay calm, stay focused, and solutions will present themselves. You know, even though we're getting into phases of recovery, you know, the economic side, you know, there, there's still a potential left hook out there. So you got to, again, stay calm. Don't panic. I mean, you panic, you drown. You know, it will work out, but you got to stay focused and stay diligent. That's the key. Just stay safe. And that's the other thing. Let's, let's don't get these relapses. One other note, I will say, uh, I don't think your listeners can see this, but this is just talk about mine and Chad's rivalry dynamic. He would be wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat today. <laughs> I'm looking <at> <laughs> through this format, knowing me being the big Braves fan that I am. And uh, you, you got too many bragging rights on me right now. I'm ready for this thing to be over so I can get some back. What, did we score 12 runs in that deciding game in the first – 11 or 12 runs in the first – but it's kind of funny. The Nationals then uh, swept the Cardinals, and in game four of that series, they scored eight runs in the first inning. So they kind of did what we did. Now, the Cardinals that, the infield fly rule game, I was there. Oh, yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> Hey, really, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one there. I'll tell you. When yeah, did the I knew, play? I knew you were wear either an ace or Cardinals hat on me today. Yeah. <laughs> when? Well, it's baseball season. It's supposed to be. So, uh, when did the Snakes play the Falcons this year? I hadn't looked at schedule enough with the Oh, come on! I sent you the schedule release, and there was that. I think they uh, played the Stephen Diggs highlight showing uh, what week it was with y'all this year. Is it another Thursday game this year? I can't remember. No, I had, no, because of COVID, I, you know, I'm not even sure there's – I'm not even sure there's going to be fans. Game. I'm not even sure there's going to be fans there. So, normally by now I've already studied, you know, but I am I really hadn't even got into it yet looking at who we play when. Or any of that. I'm, I'm going to be the optimist. I think we'll get – I think we'll get into some games this year. I, I really do. I think – and actually that's interesting. One of our Henry County companies, I mentioned Lazotica. They're – you know, Oakley is working with the NFL – to develop additional PPE so that the players can play safely uh, with some of the new face shielding. So we're very hopeful for that. All right, Josh, well, thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Dad, I appreciate it. It's good to catch up with you, my friend, and uh, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.
All right, who dat? Rise up, baby. Next Move Group has launched a new initiative designed to both grow the American economy and improve the quality of lives of economic developers. So we're going to grow the American economy multiple ways. We've got all kinds of different ways to really help economic development organizations be more successful, including helping them bring back jobs from overseas in China, reshoring that production to the United States. And we're going to help economic developers improve their quality of life. So you always hear this, the economic developer's job to improve the quality of life of everybody in their community. Well, whose job is it to improve that economic developer's quality of life? At Next Move Group, we're taking that task on for ourselves. So to learn more about the movement that we're creating, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement, thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement. 